The Bluetooth logo has an actual historic story behind it. The internet says it's true. Welcome everybody to The Internet Says It's True, where every week we learn something that sounds like I made it up, but it's really true. Part of the WCBE podcast experience. My name is Michael Kent. This is episode 175, another new episode this week. We're going to have a chat with Matt Donnelly later on, so stay tuned for that. It's always a blast when Matt joins us. Uh, Also, I do have the studio settings right this week i think they're, they're more right anyway so the, the audio is fixed you know last week was a little wonky yesterday was my 45th birthday and i would love nothing more for my birthday than for you to become a tizzitor so if you haven't joined already make sure you support the podcast by going to the official show patreon that's patreon.com slash michael kent that's how you become a Tizzler and get access to bonuses. Also, if you go to theinternetsaysitstrue.com, there are lots of resources there, including merch. So go check that out today. Get yourself a mug or a shirt to help rep the podcast. I am once again asking for your financial support. So here we go. We're going on a journey to learn about the Bluetooth logo. <clears throat> Let's get on with it. The country of Denmark is named Denmark because that's an Old Norse word for the Marches of the Danes. Originally, it was known as Denmark, and common folklore tells a story about it being named after King Dan, who was sort of a mythological first king of the area. But there's no one real person that we can point to who was King Dan. But Denmark as a nation was a unification of a bunch of different lands in the area, including what we now know as Norway and Sweden. The unification of the country saw its first official unified king somewhere in the 10th century by a Viking king, Gorm the Old, and then his son, Harald. Harald is the Viking king of Denmark that's credited with really uniting the lands as well as introducing Christianity to Denmark. He ruled from 958 to 986. We have a great reminder of these Danish kings. If you visit the railway town of Yelling, Denmark, you'll find the earliest written mention of the name of the country. Two large stones known as the Yelling Runestones. And that's Yelling, J-E-L-L-I-N-G, if you want to Google this for yourself. These stones were placed by Gore the Old and his son Harold, and they are covered with inscriptions of ancient Norse runes, including the name Danmark. These stones are absolutely huge, considering they were placed there in the 10th century. It's just kind of amazing. The larger of the two stones was placed by the son, Harold, and has an inscription, quote, King Harold bade this monument to be made in memory of Gorm his father and Thyra his mother, that Harold who won for himself all Denmark and Norway and made the Danes Christians, end quote. And it was the joining of nations, the joining of Denmark with Christianity that Harold is known for. And it turns out we still say his name every day because Harold's last name as inscribed in the Yelling Runestones, was Bluetooth. Harold Bluetooth. What we know of Harold comes from the Runestones, but also from several contemporary accounts of his reign as the first Christian king of Denmark. One source called him remarkable by the force of his mind and faith, but other sources from the time called him deprived of wisdom or without great intelligence. His last name was Gormson. He was the son of Gorm but he was known throughout his life with the nickname Blaton, which translates to Bluetooth. Harold, it's believed, had a dead tooth that appeared black or blue in his mouth. 
Other legends describe his love for eating berries staining his teeth blue. Whichever story is true, his nickname became his last name and Harold Bluetooth the Viking became known as the first Christian king of Denmark and the man who united the country. So how did a Viking king of Denmark end up being immortalized a thousand years later and linked to technology he could have never dreamed of? We'll talk about that after a quick break from our sponsors. If you love listening to this podcast every week and you want to show your support, that would mean a great deal to me. You can do that by becoming a Patreon member. We've got members at all levels, whether you want to pledge $1 a month or $10 a month. Just think about the value that you receive from this show. And if you like the histories and the stories that you learn about or the jokes that you hear, and if you think that they're worth it, consider signing up. For that, you get every episode ad-free and a week early, access to bonuses like the unedited videos of the guest appearances, and 20% off all merchandise. You can sign up today at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. That's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. There was a time that humans used 100% organic products as healing balms and moisturizers for their skin. Well, I've partnered with an awesome company that wants to get back to those times. Fatco sells organic and responsibly made tallow-based skincare products. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing bombs, but unfortunately, the topical application of these fats seemed to stop around the same time that animal fats stopped being considered part of a healthy diet. A lot of modern skincare products do more harm than good by stripping your skin of its natural oils. Let's change that. You can try them out now at fatco.com and get 15% off your order by using my promo code INTERNET. Go to theinternetsaysitstrue.com slash deals for the link. I'm John DeSando, host of Back Talk. This podcast is an extension of the long-running, award-winning movie review show, It's Movie Time. Back Talk features additional content and banter with guests about new movies. If you want more insight and information about what's playing now in theaters and online, find Back Talk at the WCBE Podcast Experience on wcbe.org. You'll be happy you did. For this part of the podcast, we're going to forget the ancient Danes for a minute and skip forward a thousand years. In 1994, Ericsson Mobile, the Swedish tech company, was working on an idea for a wireless headset to work with their mobile phones. They were building off a couple earlier patents from Johan Ullmann and his team consisting of Nils Rydback, Todd Wingren, Jap Hartson, Sven Madison, and Orion Johansson. They teamed up with the other major mobile technology companies, IBM, Nokia, Toshiba, and Intel, and they all joined Ericsson in working on this project. The goal was to unite the PC and cellular industries in creating this sort of short-link radio signal to help devices talk to each other within a small area. They considered several possible names for this technology. BizRF, MC-Link, Low Power RF, and the project name that was most commonly used at the time, Personal Area Networking, PAN. The resulting technology allowed a device within 10 feet of the primary unit to receive and send communication signals over radio frequency. Of course, this has since expanded to somewhere around 100 feet, I think, but the original signal could only travel around 10 feet. And it was time to market this new technology that could allow things like headsets to wirelessly pair with mobile phones. And they didn't like the name PAN because it just seemed way too broad and difficult to patent and market. And that's where Jim Kardak comes in. Kardak was an Intel engineer and thought that a challenge that they were all facing presented an interesting story to tell. 
See, this major problem was that all these communication technology companies were using different standards for cell phone connectivity. Kardak ran the group that brought together engineers from all these different companies. At the time, they called it SIG for Special Interest Group. It was Kardak that had heard the legend of how Harold Bluetooth had united the different lands to form Denmark and thought that unification was exactly what was needed here. So he lightly started calling his group Bluetooth SIG and later just Bluetooth. It was a project name, just a name to be used internally to describe the project, but it stuck. Just like Harold Bluetooth had joined together different people with different customs, this special interest group developed a technology that can converge not only PC tech with networking and communication, but also multiple different telecom companies, countries, and standards into a tool that could be used widely by all of them. So when the first products to include it were released, the Ericsson R520M and T39 phones, they were able to be paired using the technology they released with the name Bluetooth. Soon wireless earpieces started showing up on shelves like Nokia's HDW1 in 1997 and HDW2 in 2003. But what about that logo? The Bluetooth logo is something that we all see just about every day, whether it be on our computers or gaming systems, phones, TVs, it looks like an alien symbol. And it comes from the very place where the name Bluetooth was taken, the runestones in Yelling, Denmark. Harold Bluetooth's initials, HB, are used on that stone with the Futhark rune language, the H appearing as a symbol that looks like a, a line with a small X through the middle, and a B looking like what we know as a capital B, but without any curves. And if you stick those two runes together, using the left half of the H and sticking it to the side of the B, you get exactly what we now know as the Bluetooth logo. Today, Jim Kardak, one of the founders and the namer of Bluetooth, is semi-retired. He's taught at Cal State, but he also works part-time with a few other tech companies. He left Intel as chief power architect in 2012. But the legacy lives on. And as you know, any wireless communication device now carries the initials of this ancient Danish Viking king. It sounds made up, but it's true. Bluetooth is named after Harold Bluetooth, the Viking king of Denmark. The internet says it's true. It's time for Yap Yap with me and a friend. And today I'm calling Matt Donnelly. <laughs> Matt is a comedian and performer who I met while shooting Penn and Teller Fool Us. He's the head writer on that show. He's appeared on stage with Wayne Brady in Las Vegas. And he currently is headlining in The Mind Noodler, which is a comedy magic act that is taking him to stages all over the country. Uh, just performed at a ton of places with the Foolers live tour. That's that's a uh, a live tour of some of the folks from the Penn and Teller show, produced by Penn and Teller. What's going on, Matt? It's been a while since I've had you on. Oh, I'm so happy to be back, Michael. It's one of my favorite shows to do. I really appreciate you having me on. I always have a good time when you're on. Now, are you in a hotel room right now? I'm in. Uh, uh, I, I no, I'm in. Uh, I'm at my mother-in-law's okay. in Burbank, California, because I am uh, doing the Magic Castle this week. Oh, that's fun. What room are you in in the Magic Castle? I am officially a late parlor guy. Nice. Uh, for people who've never been to the Magic Castle, they have multiple stages. There's a headlining stage called the Palace, and I was doing really well there the second time I played there. And I said, hey, what's it like to try to, like, you know, move an act from, like, the parlor to the palace? And the booker said, you're a parlor guy. <laughs> and so let me know that I'm, I'm not moving up to the palace anytime soon. 
So I, um, I like the parlor. I mean, the palace is great. The thing I like about the palace is that everyone is seated so close together. And that's <laughs> so great. I yeah. mean, it is for comedy. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, for comedy, it's so it is good. Great. Um, the, the parlor where, you know, you're more, it's like stadium seating, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you can't do the same amount of material. You have to do material that's for that room, right? Like Yeah, actually, I do a, 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 a card stab routine in my show. Mm-hmm. And I actually got a, a friend to build a table like custom height so it comes up mostly the rib cage so that the people at the top of the of this of the palace can <sighs> see the, the the table. That's commitment. Yeah, it's like that's above and beyond, man. <laughs> so, if you had somebody build that, there goes the money that you're going to make at the castle. <laughs> um, sorry about your especially profit. with that. But- that's both the joke about uh, uh, the castle and about how expensive it is to get magic props made. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a t- double header. Sure, always. I, I did the first the first time I performed at um, the Chicago Magic Lounge. I hired a videographer to come in and shoot my set, and it yeah. took literally every. Well, no, I would have made about a hundred and fifty dollars, and then I got a hundred and twenty dollar parking ticket. So I think I I netted thirty dollars on my first trip. <laughs> It's the way it works. You got to spend yeah, money yeah. to make money, as they say. Reinvest, reinvest. Yeah. How was parking. how was the Foolers live show? That was so fun. I mean, I come from an improv background, and so to work with like a group of magicians instead of just being alone was like so fun. Uh, yeah. And then, like, they're, they're not improvisers, and and the director wasn't necessarily an improviser. So I just kept messing around in rehearsals, and everyone just kept being like, "Keep it." keep that part in the show, do that bit. So just, <laughs> I, I, I perform, you know, like a handful of tricks in the show. Uh, and then also just constantly pepper it with weird wise ass jokes throughout the whole thing. So I it love it. And really at the end of the, too. at the end of the tour, it's just like, you know, 80 minutes of Matt Donnelly with a little bit of, <laughs> of any <laughs> little bit of other people sprinkled in because it's all your bit. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, yeah, it was um, great. This this topic is is an interesting one. Um, okay, I don't know like how techy you are, um, but this is sort I'm of a techy topic. Very this techy. One. Good. Okay, so that makes it uh, fine. Uh, for this question, we're going to play for a joke. <laughs> Street joke is fine. Whatever you want. So if you get it wrong, you'll tell me a joke. If if you get it right, I will tell yeah. you a joke. Okay. Which one of these explanations explains the origin of the Bluetooth logo? So if you think about the Bluetooth logo, it's the yes. blue thing. It's kind of a B with. OK, so a it's a combination of two Norse runes for HB, which stand for Herald Bluetooth. B, it's a letter B for Bluetooth with a bow tie to honor the name of the tech lab where it was developed. Or C, mm-hmm. it was a doodle drawn by the five year old son of engineer Niles Rydbeck. That last one sounds really official. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to go with the last one. The answer, believe it or not, it is A. It's a combination of two Norse runes for HB standing for Herald Bluetooth, which sounds so made up. It is true. I was definitely going to say cross A off. (laughs) Herald uh... Bluetooth wasn't his real name, but everyone called him Bluetooth. Um, He had another last name, but uh, this guy had literal blue teeth from eating blueberries. Apparently, uh, he was a Viking. This was a Viking, but he I was never thought about the term Bluetooth until this moment. That it makes no sense that it's a it tech term. Yeah, it doesn't have anything about tech in the name at all. Um, and we just 
the first time we saw um, Bluetooth, we was like, yeah, Bluetooth. <laughs> no one ever really thought about it. Um, it's kind of like, um, you know, when everyone started carrying Blackberries and never really asked why it was called I, I never Blackberry. Asked, I never asked why it was called Blackberry either. Yeah. So the Bluetooth these, thing has been such like a regular term. It's just like a, it's like a microphone. It's like Google. Yeah. It's ac- yeah. Actually, yeah. It just kind of fell into our I lexicon. thought for a second, because I was like, Harold Bluetooth, as if that's some name. <laughs> yeah. And then I've never talked to me like, why the heck do we call it Bluetooth? Yeah. So this dude was known. He was like a king. He was like a Viking king. And he was known for being able to um, unite warring groups of people. Okay. Mm. And so what they were trying to do was uh, marry devices like, you know, wireless device and um, phones or whatever. And, and they, they were trying to marry two different types of technology, converge two different types of technology. And they thought that that was fitting. So um, I think it's always nice. You know, we always give tech people like this, like whole like left brain, right brain, like logic, logic, logic. And yet almost behind every kind of technology, when you hear about the origins, there's often like a very beautiful and poetic, like, quest for mankind behind everything they're trying to do <laughs> yeah you know? i think that it starts so out like, always like as these survey lofty monkey ideas. we're trying to change the world <laughs> we're trying to make the world a better place fantastic <laughs> survey monkey <laughs> we're not trying to belittle the idea of surveys let's call it a monkey um <laughs> oh my gosh uh, I I do have a joke, but you owe me one. I'll share one real quick. What's a Bluetooth device's favorite kind of story? What's that? A parable. What's <laughs> mm. uh, uh, you have I'll one? Tell you, yeah, yeah. Uh, guys walking on the beach. He finds a genie. Rubs the genie. The genie pops out of the lamp, and the genie says, "All right, pal, you got two wishes." And the guy goes, two wishes? I thought I get three wishes." And he goes. Look in your pants. And he looks in his pants. He goes, whoa. And he goes, I've been doing this a while. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like it. The genie is, uh, is not messing around. He's saving time. No. Yeah, yeah. Time saver. <laughs> uh, this is question two. For this next question, we're going to play for a plug on one of your podcasts. So okay. if you get it wrong, just throw a plug. If you get it right, I'll plug whichever one you want on next week's show. Uh, okay. Which one of these Hollywood actresses helped to create the technology that paved the way for Bluetooth? Was it A, Lauren Bacall, B, Rita mm-hmm. Hayworth, or C, Hedy Lamar? Okay. Well, geez. There's no, there's no clues there. Let's no, see. unless uh, you've heard it, there's no way anyone would know this. Right. So run, run it to me one more time. Yeah, sure. It was uh, Lauren Bacall, Rita okay. Hayworth. Or Hedy Lamar. Okay, so because the last two are known for their looks, I'm going to go with Lauren Bacall out of sheer stereotype casting. <laughs> the Lauren answer Bacall. is C, Hedy Lamar. No so, way. Here's an interesting thing. Um, she, there. I did an entire episode about this. Uh, it was she really kind of is. Some people credit her with creating Wi-Fi, with inventing Wi-Fi, because That's amazing. She got really interested. She was self-taught. She just started reading engineering books and was super interested in defeating the Germans because her ex-husband was uh, a weapons dealer that sold weapons to the Nazis. So she escaped like uh, she escaped Austria and had this amazing career in Hollywood. But her real true passion was inventing. 
So she would sketch these ideas and she came up with this idea that was a, um, what are the things that, uh, torpedo, like a torpedo that could yes. change its frequency so it couldn't be jammed. It would constantly be uh, what they called frequency switching. And that frequency switching technology, she brought it to the Department of Defense or whatever it was called in the 40s. And they were like, go away. You're an actress. That's what we want you to be. Um, you know, if you want to go do some USO tours, that'd be cool, but we're not interested in this, but they kept it a few years later. They put it in some subs, uh, her technology, and she was never recognized for it until late, late in her life. She was still alive. She became a recluse. I think she lived in Florida, never left the home. Um, she had had a ton of plastic surgery and was very ashamed of the way she looked. And they gave her this award for having invented this technology. She didn't show up to upset, accept it. She wouldn't leave the house. Very sad oh story. Oh, my gosh. But, that is uh, sad. Yeah, Hedy Lamar. People wondering how a famous actor would have time to invent something so significant. Uh, you just really, you sit in that trailer for so long. I mean, you really are just sitting around when you're on a yeah. movie set. It's really yeah. just hours and hours in the trailer. So plenty of time there to do that. I don't have any experience with, with film, but um, I've done television commercials. And especially when you're background on a television commercial, it is so much wasted time i mean so it's much downtime so much i it's did one so during funny. the pandemic i shot a, a tv commercial in 2020 as background mm-hmm. and it, i did it because it paid well for for background right. I, I mean it, it was a, it was a pretty good rate for the day but there was so much involved because of everything going on so i had to do the swab and the tests and all this stuff and then uh all of us all the time had to wear a mask everywhere oh. and uh you know obviously right before like two seconds before shooting we would take the masks off stick them in our pocket do the shoot immediately back on because everyone was freaked out and i remember yeah. the director had a mask on and the plastic thing and he had just flown in from i think chicago and he was saying how people on the fun- on the plane were making fun of him for that so yeah yeah and then you see the the actual ad and you can see a quarter of my shoulder for half a second and i'm like but you got paid got paid for that yeah 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 Yeah. that's how valuable that shoulder is buddy get that shoulder money (laughs) so next week or whenever your next podcast is i would appreciate a the internet says it's true plug um you got it you know for that one question three we always play for a sticker um it's a three inch square sticker and if you get this right it's yours to keep forever. She will there, be mine. This one is a strange one. There, uh, This one is surprising to me. There are five options instead of three. And okay. again, these questions, Matt, they don't mean anything. <laughs> if you don't get it right, it doesn't mean anything. Um, because I mean, there's no I'm way anyone two, would know this. So I want to get like one right. One, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. So Bluetooth was developed as a joint effort between... Erickson. Johnny Blue and Tony Tooth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Harold Bluetooth and his. No, the, uh, Ericsson, the companies Ericsson, Intel, Nokia, IBM, and Toshiba. Of those five companies, that's Ericsson, Intel, mm-hmm. Nokia, IBM, and Toshiba. Which one's the oldest? Which one is the oldest company? I'll go through one more time. It's Ericsson, Intel, Nokia, IBM, Toshiba. I don't know the history of Japanese companies. So part of me is just saying like uh, Toshiba and uh, Nokia. I've got to be old. Toshiba sounds like an older name to me for no reason with no logic behind that. Just my gut. My gut would be that the Japanese company would be 
older technology company than an American company. That's my math. Go with Toshiba. <laughs> the answer, Nokia. You were so close. Uh, Toshiba was third. So, but but listen to these dates. This is the interesting part. It's it's not interesting whether you would know that or not know that, unless you had worked for Nokia or something. It's the only way you would know that. Right. But here's what I found Which, interesting. Full disclosure, I haven't. <laughs> you haven't. No. I want to make sure if, the listeners know that I'm not in the deep pockets of 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 Nokia. Yeah. The, well, they made a lot of money in the early 2000s with that. 6160 phone. I've got one behind this ca- cabinet right here. I've got it. They were awesome. My, my original Nokia that you could you could do two. My things. wife and I we we courted each other by doing T9 typing uh, texts. Yeah. Remember yeah. that? You had I to really mean it. it when you're trying to flip over text. You had to mean it. Hell yeah, I I do remember that. And then you like there were certain words that were easier to type than others because they just used the first letter of the number. Uh, <laughs> I've got most of my old cell phones. I don't know why that is, but I do, um, and I'm very oh, proud of them. They're pretty cool. The sixty one sixty though was something special because that was the one you could change the color, like the face plates on, you know, mm-hmm. and it was yeah, indestructible. Yeah. You could do two things: you could call, and well, you could text, but you could also play the snake game. Um, yeah. Which I did in class at college. My that that, that phone yeah. came out. I think my junior year of college. So. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, BlackBerry. But, the thing with the I broke my track wheel playing the the back and forth uh, game. The little bar that bounces the ball. I the loved my BlackBerry, and I don't know why because it didn't do much. Like, I guess Me it too. it I did more than the other phones did. But I was thinking about that the other day, and I looked it up like which BlackBerry I had, um, and I loved that thing, man. Uh, I oh, liked yeah. a lot of my old phones. I think they have a really like st- I have a, like a strong memory association because now you get the new phone and the only thing that's different or weird about it is either the software or maybe the camera might be better, you know, or yeah, possibly yeah, the yeah. size might be slightly better. My but, first phone was like Sprint. We're building our network from the ground up. How yeah. exciting. And I ordered a phone and a phone came in the mail. And I opened it up, and it felt so small, which is so funny because when I went back to it later on in life, it felt like a giant brick in my hand. Um, and I pulled it out. It was this weird shape. It looked like almost like a high heel shoe with a broken heel. And you pulled the big wiggly antenna out. Yep. But I turned it on right out of the box and it, and, and dialed the number, and it worked. And I was like, sorcery. <laughs> that is pretty happening? impressive. The world is so powerful. I feel like that's more impressive than what you have to do now like think about all the steps you have to do if you get a new iphone before yes, before, until like, you can make you a just, call i just opened the mail turned it on and i had a phone working in my hand it was crazy pretty incredible yeah i saw a, um a video for like the very first cell phone commercial and it had like an on off switch and and two rows of buttons down the middle because it was so so small you know they didn't have like <laughs> the buttons weren't laid out like they are now okay so but real quick back to this oldest company which is nokia yes this is the crazy part Nokia was founded in 1865. What? Yeah. And then three years later, Intel, 1868. Oh, IBM. I I would have been wrong with IBM as my second oldest. So IBM was the youngest of all of these, 1911. Um, Toshiba was 1875 and Ericsson was 1876. Um, You know, these are obviously telephony companies that predate you know, yeah yeah what were they um, made, but what, what were all their original products i don't i have no idea i'm you know i could go back and look but yeah right, nokia right. became a company in 1865 um let's look let's look i'm just curious if, like, if it was like a cell phone they're like just trust us we're working on it we're gonna get there one day it was a pulp um, mill 
<laughs> it's hardly counts. This hardly counts. It was a pulp mill. Um, and then, Daddy, uh, what happens if people don't buy pulp mills anymore? No one will ever stop buying pulp mills, honey. Don't worry. <laughs> it became a rubber company. It moved to the Nokia region. Yada, yada, yada. Why was it called Nokia before it moved? Oh, no, it was called, originally it was called something else. Uh, <laughs> then they made respirators for the military. Well, and then you. I'm trying to see when it, so just like anything technology, military started it, you know, when yes. they switched into military, they created a military radio mm-hmm. and then that sort of, but before that you can find old rubber boots. They're called Nokian rubber boots. Oh, and wow. in the 60, in the 1960s, they made toilet paper. This okay. is very interesting. Um, <laughs> When do you no get out idea. of that game? Because you never say people are going to stop buying toilet paper. So I guess you I, just decide it's not part of the deal. I don't know. It was a big. It was a big game in 2020. How I funny was, would it be if they never lost it? Like if you bought a phone, you also got like a, a roll of toilet paper and a pulp mill. Yeah, you know, like absolutely. Yeah, comes with you, it. Uh, and then Apple would be like, "Yeah, we got to get. We're getting beat by this toilet paper game. We got to get into this." How, how long does this podcast go on before I admit I don't know what a pulp mill is? I don't know either. Let's look. <laughs> I, I mean, I, is it orange juice pulp? That's what I think of. That's what I mean, yeah. Like, um, or is it like a paper pulp? Like, uh, is it how to turn, make paper? Yeah, it is. They convert wood chips to fiber. Yeah, so that's probably how they made their toilet paper, I guess. There you uh, go. We're yeah. on to Nokia. We got your game plan now. Unbelievable. So wait, so if you sold pulp mills, does that mean you made your own paper at home? If you what? If you sold pulp mills, I guess they weren't selling like, I think they were making commercial pulp mills and not. Yeah, this was like a giant, like this was, this was powered by the river that they were located on, you know. I don't want to find like this somewhere in old Japan. You're like, my day, we made our own toilet paper at home from wood. I would say next time you see a Nokia phone, you can tell someone, hey, they used to make toilet paper and pulp. But um <laughs> You're not going to see someone with a Nokia phone anytime soon. So right, right, I, right. I had a Nokia up. pager to date myself uh, when I was in college. I had a Nokia uh, pager. Yeah. Pagers were where it was at. As a uh, I could afford it. a cell phone, could f- afford a pager, and then my friends and I all had different codes for different locations. So instead of having to actually make phone calls, smart, we just knew how to tell each other where we were at. It's kind of like the old trick, other. you know. Young kids don't know about this, but when you used to have to call collect and then. When they ask mm-hmm. for your name, you would be like, I'm done with the movie. Pick me up. That would be your name. And then you wouldn't have to pay. Um, and they'd be like, would you like to accept a collect call from I'm done with the movie. Pick me up. And you could just be like, no. And then you go and pick them up. Yeah. That's how, yeah, it, worked. Yeah. That's how it worked. We would game it. Um, well, <laughs> our, our conversation is more interesting than the questions. Um, the, the, okay. But I have a question for you. Which mm-hmm. is uh, what's next? What, uh, what are you working on? Why are you having any, any shows coming up? I am currently uh, just booking myself for different theaters all across the country. If you oh. would like a comedy magic show, uh, get in touch with me at mynoodler.com. And uh, I would love to come play a theater, a small theater, a comedy club, or some kind of uh, venue near you. I can bring friends. I can bring very talented friends. I can do a joint show with the host of this show if you want. We should do something um, yeah. somewhere around here. We'll, we'll find somewhere to do that. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had uh, I had Diddleman come in last summer and we did some shows together here in Columbus. I saw that. I was very I was seemingly jealous of that. Yeah, basically it was just an excuse to hang out. We just wanted to hang out. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly it. It was it was a really good time. Uh, So for for question four, we're going to play for an admission of the best thing that's happened to us this week. Okay. Um, 
And uh, so if you get it wrong, you got it. It's a weird thing because it's like you feel like you shouldn't. Anyway, if you get it wrong, you'll tell me the best thing. Uh, Okay, so in Dayton, Ohio, which is about 45 minutes from here, there's a non-tech company named after Bluetooth. Uh, I shouldn't say it's named after Bluetooth. It has Bluetooth in the name. Which one of these is it? These I didn't realize when I was writing these how hard all these are. There's no way anyone would know any of these. Okay, but one of these is a real thing. A, Bluetooth Dental. B, Bluetooth Bakery. Or C, Bluetooth Party Store. Okay. They're all (laughs) terrible names. Let's just start there. All three are bad. Bluetooth Bluetooth Dental is terrible. Uh, uh, What was the other one? Bluetooth Bluetooth Bakery? Or Bluetooth Party Store? Turn your teeth blue. I'll so I guess with, the question here is, do you go on the nose or something right, completely arbitrary? Right. But I, who would want to go to a Bluetooth dentist? Like, make my teeth blue. <laughs> make it look like I just make it look like I just ate a bunch of Smurfs. Ah, but let's do it. Bluetooth dental. The answer is Bluetooth dental. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Not an offer today. We got one. Uh, yeah, so I guess the dentist's office on their website, it boasts that they use the best technology available. So my guess, that's why it's called, I can't think of another reason why it would be called Bluetooth Dental. Um, but here's the interesting so like thing. They 5G have, Wi-Fi Dental. Yeah. Just like really arbitrary. Computers Dental. They have um, two other locations at, called... At Dental. At Symbol Dental. At, use the you, I guarantee that exists somewhere. Like at the at Symbol, you know, your... <laughs> At pizza, I guarantee that's a thing. It's kind of like a couple years ago when you just put, you just replace all all S's with Z's, and then it was all of a sudden mm-hmm. marketable to young people. Apparently, <laughs> uh, oh, this is the interesting thing though. They have two other locations called Bright Tooth Dental and Brilliant Tooth Dental. Yeah, those and my both question, have much better names. Yeah, given the choice, why would you go to the Bluetooth one? especially out of context like if we didn't have i mean maybe this wouldn't be named this if we didn't have bluetooth as a thing but like if you had i don't know i can remember the very first time i saw someone using a bluetooth earpiece can you remember when those first came out i was sitting across a table and um there was another entertainer and his agent had one and and started dialing with it and so we're sitting there and this was the way that you dialed with his thing was he just started going two, three, two, one, <laughs> one, with no context and with his head turned. So I couldn't see the Bluetooth earpiece. And it had, had I seen it, I probably still wouldn't have known what he was doing, you know. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was the most bizarre thing. And then he just kind of points to it. And we're like, oh, oh OK. You were well, in New York in City? York. Yeah, I live in New York. And I was like, that person is too, too well dressed in a beautiful suit to be a crazy person. <laughs> and then I yeah. looked and I had the thing on the side, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I think that's I think the future." On the phone, and what's crazier is that then a lot of people were doing it. Yeah, and then I noticed a decrease in crazy people talking out loud. Like they're like, "I've lost my ability to distinguish myself <laughs> as as insane." I'll do other things, I guess. That's amazing. But, but I feel like there's been a decrease in crazy people talking to themselves out loud. With that said, all of my friends have GoFundMes and there are still people in the corners here in Columbus. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess it doesn't always work. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I used to be very anti GoFundMe. Um for like I'm like, why don't you fund your own project? You wanna you wanna 
put out an album, raise some money, sell some records, you know, well, and now it's old school. Yeah. Now I'm accepting the fact that like crowdsourcing, crowdfunding is just a thing now. It's just what we do. Yes, but using specifically GoFundMe to crowdfund, I think is a mistake. You th- oh, you mean GoFundMe as like that platform in particular? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like that's just default become medical needs and mm-hmm. and, 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 and unfortunate things. So if you're like, I need to finish my album, I hired a GoFundMe, then I feel like you're telling people to charitably support a project rather than uh, use another So there's like a like, connotation. I think so. What would the yeah, one yeah. be if I, let's say, because like, for instance, I want to do a book. I want to do a, the internet says it's true book and it's half written. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't want to just take, you know, a few thousand dollars out of savings to get right. the project done. What do you think? Start Garden? Kickstarter? Yeah, some kind of Kickstarter, Indiegogo. Start Indiegogo. Garden, Indiegogo yeah. is that. Indiegogo, I find that means like usually if you're doing like some uh, an artistic artistic project. Yeah, it does seem that to have that. Kickstarter seems like a lot of tech. Yeah, and so Indiegogo for me is like if you're if you if like like basically you're you you do have a product that you can bring across the finish line. It's an artistic project that can exist, and you should want this artistic story of this thing to exist. I feel like that's the one to go to. Just having talked about this, I think I'm motivated. I need to get this project done. Um, And I've already said our Patreon people are going to get a copy, so everyone on Patreon gets a copy. Yeah, Yeah. And, but it's good because uh, it's a distinct thing that's almost finished that you can see finished as a finished yeah. project, right? Yeah, I want so it to be like, a bathroom reader, you know, because all these stories are very digestible, small stories. Yes, and yes. Uh, I want to promote the five minute poop, which um, right. something I'm very bad at, but I, I know is a, a healthier way to live. I just saw it. <laughs> what do you I mean s- you're bad at? It? I stay in there too long. I stay in oh, there too oh, long because okay. I get I get I start scrolling on the phone or you know what I mean? And I just, it's just, it, I stay in there too it. long and, and it's bad for you. So uh, I just saw a thing where someone's uh, office put out a letter. This was a, like a viral post. They put a letter on the bathroom door that said the, the lights are on timers and it's timed for five minutes or no, it was, it was, yeah, I think it was five minutes because they thought that people were doing like time theft at work and taking too long of bathroom breaks. So the lights would go out after five minutes, which that, I've had it's, jobs where that was the case. Oh, I mean, you, you know, there's, I've been in a bathroom where the lights out, like turned off, you know, like colleges yeah. are known for, you know, having the, yeah, the, the, Time the saver. yeah, whatever they, the, the movement sensor thing. Right. So you have to like wave yeah, your yeah. arms and hope that it sees you. But this was mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, if you go a little long, man. You know, you got to wipe in the, in the dark. All right. Well, I've, I just got to notice, I just got to notice that I got 10 minutes and I got to get out of here. So uh, this okay. next question is for all the marbles. If you get it right, you're welcome back on the show anytime. If you get it wrong, you're banned for life. Oh, uh, Jesus. But besides your cell phone and your computer, what's the most useful piece of technology that you use, Matt Donnelly, in your daily life? Uh, probably my watch, my Apple watch. What do you use it for? Because I carry, I wear an Apple Watch every day, and I feel like I'm underutilizing it. By the way, it is a right answer, so we'll give you the, the you, you're welcome back on the show. But I, I'm, I'm curious, what do you use it for? Um, honestly, I know it sounds dumb, but like you know, like the fitness apps, like the fitness, yeah. uh, the the exercises and the closing of the rings. Sure. Like I really have legitimately improved my health since mm. someone bought me 
the watch by making sure I close my rings every day. Do you and really close it, your rings? I never close my rings. Well, I used to not do it, and then I started closing my rings. I started closing my rings, honestly, on the Fooler's Tour. Yeah, and show I was days. Like, well, like, yes, and so like I was like, well, I can't come home from tour and be less healthy. I thought it was a great <laughs> achievement that I got healthier on the road. That was my big sure. goal was to yeah. not gain 40 pounds just eating terribly on the road. Oh, yeah. And so I, I actually came back from my tour thinner and in better shape, and I got all these notifications that, like, this is improved, this is improved, this is improved. And I was like, well, I can't go home and become a schlub, right? And so since the tour, I've, I've finished my rings by walking at night uh, before I go to bed. And I, I, I listen to books instead of podcasts. Oh, keep so you on longer. Yeah. And so I just, I just, and it's just better to tune out with like a one story to focus on. So I walk at night, listen to a story, and then I've been sleeping better and my health has improved. So I really do, I really do owe it to, to just listening to my dumb watch. That is um, really good advice. And uh, again, I'm motivated. I'm inspired. I, I'm, I might start walking. I, I like the idea of audiobooks as a walking thing. I do a lot of yeah. podcasts that are like long form bingeable podcasts, you know? Um, so. Well, let me know because when you finish after tonight, I'll send you a survey monkey uh, survey <laughs> after it's all over and you can fill it out. Let me know how you're doing. <laughs> I will. I will. Because that's what's going uh, to eliminate famine on Earth. That was yeah. our goal when we started Survey Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds good. Such lofty goals. Uh, everyone, go check out Matt Donnelly. He's at the Mind Noodler. That's N O O D L E R. Is it mindnoodler.com? Yep. Mindnoodler.com. You can see where Matt is performing near you. If you have a theater uh, and you want to bring Matt, to there connect him with the folks that run that theater and he uh will come and amaze and amuse and uh you know perhaps and i don't need to be a headliner i can be a variety slot guy i can he'll run the spotlight he'll sit in the back of the yeah. room run the spotlight for somebody else he's told me i'll, um, I'll tear tickets <laughs> i used to be a bartender i <laughs> <laughs> love it seinfeld used to have a bit about tearing tickets where uh there's a huge gap in the ages you're either like under 10 or above 90 they don't <laughs> hire anyone in between that age gap to tear tickets at the movie theater they, they do not it's they all kids not. and elderly so awesome well thank you so much for coming on man it's great to talk to you yeah, again. man anytime that's all for this week thank you so much to matt donnelly for being my guest and thanks to you for listening here's the voice of a kid who has a bluetooth because he doesn't brush thank you for listening to the internet says it's true to listen to episodes ad-free and a week early, support us on Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash Michael Kent. If you learned something just now that you didn't already know, go to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That helps us a ton because that's how the algorithm works. I don't know what an algorithm is, but just do it. See you next week for a brand new episode of... The Internet Says It's True! The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Sean Brown, Joshua Endress, Dallas Ray, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Jim and Joanne Martin, Mitch and Andrew Joseph Kemplin, and the show's official Emperor, KickTrack. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and all audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. <laughs>